Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Pirkei Elvis Treasury, Season 2 of the PAL, Chapter 2, Paragraph 15, Perak Bet, Mishnah Tedvav. Hamer Amrusha Losha Devarim. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at maximum tee at yahoo.com. We're talking about the five students that we met with Rav Yochanan Madaka asking them for it advice about, not advice, but asking them their opinion on the best way in life and the worst way in life. And we heard a little bit about how they learned. And now we hear three things from them. Rabbi Lezer Omer, they said three things. Rabbi Lezer Omer, Rabbi Lezer says, Like your fellows honor be as dear to you as your own. And do not be easily angered. And repent one day before your death. Warm yourself by the fire of the sages. But beware of the glowing coal, lest you be scorched. For their bite is the bite of a fox. Their sting is the sting of a scorpion. Their hiss is the hiss of a serpent, and all their words are like fiery coals. So beware around the sages, you should get close to them, but be careful that you don't get too much burnt by them. So let's see what else we can learn. They each said three things. Each of the five disciples made three statements on the subject of ethics, values, and proper conduct. Regarding ritual law, we find many statements of these great men. Alternatively, although they made many statements regarding ethical issues, the mission refers to the statements on these issues that they constantly reiterated in public. So let your fellows honor be as dear to you like your own. According to Rav, these two stitches form, together form the first of Rav Lezben Hurkinus' statements. By controlling one's anger, one may be sure not to diminish his fellow's honor. A person lost in a fit of anger is bound to demean his fellow. Hence, the second part is a means for achieving the first. Tiferet Israel sees it as the opposite. Anger is the result of a belittlement of the other person's honor. Indeed, arguments usually begin with one party sliding the other. Angry words ensue, and the tone and heat of the quarrel escalate. Rabbi Lezer therefore advised extreme sensitivity to the honor of others. Just as one does not want to be demeaned, even by innuendo, so he should be careful not to degrade his friend, even the slightest bit. Let's go to the next one. In the interest of time, repent one day before your death. Does one ever know when he will die? We should all live on Mevaz from Shana, God willing. Rather, he must always assume that today is the last day of his life and not push off his repentance. Hence, he will spend all his life in perpetual self-improvement. As Rashi Ravinyona and Rambam explains, King Solomon teaches in Kohelis, let your garments always be white. One's soul, his inner garment must always be kept clean of spiritual stains through repentance. The Talmud offers the following analogy. King invited all his subjects to a royal feast without specifying when the banquet would begin. The intelligent amongst his sub- subjects donned their finest attire in preparation. Since the king lacks nothing to prepare a feast, we must be ready at a moment's notice. They said the foolish among them rationalized instead. A feast takes time to prepare. What is our rush? Suddenly the king summoned his subjects. The intelligent one appeared in proper attire, while the foolish came in front of the king in filthy clothes. Those who were properly dressed were allowed to partake of the feast, while the other ones only sat by in envy. Similarly, man is invited to partake of the feast of the reward that awaits him after the sojourn in this world. Those who think ahead are sure to be cleanly and properly cloaked in mitzvahs. Even if God sums them suddenly, God forbid, they'll be prepared to join the feast and partake of their reward. The foolish fantasize that they will repent later, and in the interim they besmirch their souls. When their day comes suddenly, it is too late. They will not be allowed to appear at the royal feast since they're not attired properly. They could only sit on the sidelines and gaze Jealously, warm yourself by the fire of sages. Merely learning from books or even listening to the words of the wise is insufficient. One must cultivate a more intimate relationship with sages and bask in the warmth of their personalities. One may enjoy the light of Torah from afar, 
but its greatest warmth and excitement comes only from close contact with Torah personalities. The fire of their commitment can melt even the coldest hearts. We are enjoined here not to be satisfied with a distant relationship with Torah scholars, but instead to warm ourselves directly opposite their fire. Beware of their glowing coal. Although we are advised to maintain close contact with the sages, we are warned here not to be overly friendly, which may bring us to act disrespectfully toward them. God forbid we shall allow them to initiate the points of contact and to monitor the extent of the relationship. This is similar to one who sits near a fire. If he sits too far, he won't get any benefit. If he's too close, he'll be hurt. Over-familiarity breeds contempt, and contempt or irreverence towards scholars is a grave sin with major consequences. Their bite is the bite of a fox. A fox bite is particularly painful and difficult to heal. The result of acting casually with Torah scholars are similarly enduring and painful. As Rob says, Rambam says, the fox bite refers to the stinging admonition one may receive from a sage if he oversteps his bounds. Meiri sees that it's a fox metaphor as follows. A fox has thin and slanted teeth. At the moment of the bite, the pain is not felt. However, when the fox removes his teeth, the pain is unbearable. Likewise, when it tampers with the honor of Torah, scholars may not initially feel the repercussions, but afterward they will be felt severely. Sting like a scorpion, a scorpion releases deadly poison along with its sting. Rashi and Teferi's the hiss is like a scorp uh, the hiss is like a serpent. Unlike other dangerous reptiles, the serpent once inside it cannot be charmed or restrained from attacking. Likewise, one should not fool himself into thinking that after sliding a Torah scholar, it will be possible to appease him. Rav and Rav Yonah, even if scholars take no action against their detractors, merely praying to God to intervene on their behalf, the hiss of prayer will be answered, as Teferi's Yisrael says. And their words are like fiery coals. The word all warns us not to ignore rabbinic enactments that seem minor to us. Such a light attitude will cause us to be spiritually scorched. Even words uttered inver- inadvertently and unintentionally by great men have a powerful effect. Torah's Tamima. According to the very story, Elizabeth Horkins addresses three areas in the Mishnah, good character development, practical fulfillment of mitzvahs, and Torah study. Regarding one's character, we are taught to avoid anger. One of the only two things the Rambam tells us to avoid completely, anger and arrogance. In order to keep our priorities straight and act correctly, rather than indulging in our own comfort, the Mishnah enjoys us to repent. Finally, regarding Torah study, we are told, ha- told how to maximize this benefit we may derive from Torah mentors and role models. So we see here in this Mishnah a few statements of the great sages, the students of Rav Yochanan and Zakai. Don't get too close to the sages, but try to be close as you can without being stung or burnt from the fire but make sure you have the proper distance so that you learn from them properly and you can be learning from good role models. Join us next time as we learn about the Ayin Hara and the Yetzirah and how bad it is for us and how much you can remove us from this world, God forbid, here on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.